3: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers goes on to SportsCenter and tells his side of the story. A number of very, I think, telling comments that we're going to break down. Milwaukee in the NBA last night crushes the heat. Up 2-0 in the series. Now with a 90% chance to advance the Bucks, 90% tonight the Lakers down 0-1 attempt to even the series they are a one and a half point favorite in the game this series right now even it's a coin flip between the Lakers and the Suns here comes a four hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more you're listening
4: to Fox Sports Radio Radio, radio, radio. this is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas your host R.J. Bell
3: You heard it, I'm RJ, live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Man, the NBA playoffs, action-packed, we've got recaps, we've got previews, and boy, oh boy, the Lakers, they go down 0-2, what a story that would be. The series is a coin flip, this game is pretty much a coin flip, hmm, that's interesting, I can't lie. I I think I'd like to see the Lakers go down 0-2 just for the drama. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ, and yes, on a day in which we've got NBA playoff action. Three games coming up later on tonight. We've also got a couple of disgruntled former, or future rather, uh, pro football Hall of Famers in Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. But what is the Vegas lead here on this
3: Tuesday? Let's start with the Lakers, and we'll preview the game Right off the top, it is the Vegas lead. But then at the end of the show, if we have any picks or props on the game, we'll give it in our normal pick segment.
1: Yeah, and so we will start with the series between the Lakers and the Sun. It is the 2-7 matchup. Lakers the 7, Suns the 2. L.A. finds themselves down one nothing with tip-off later on tonight in Game 2 at 10 Eastern time on TNT. And right now on pregame.com, it's the Lakers, the seven seed, a 1.5-point favorite over Phoenix.
3: Now, as we discuss pretty much every day during the NBA playoffs, there's a concept called the zigzag. What is that? It's a, I'm not sure where the name came from, but it's a long time concept. It's a great name. It's a long time concept in NBA playoff handicapping amongst batters. And it says the following, as much as you might think motivation is going to be high regardless, hey, it's the playoffs that when a team loses, their motivation is significantly stronger than the team that just won. There's just a sense to rest on your laurels. uh, Oh, we can lose one. You know, whatever the mentality is, and it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, you see it most notably if a team does lose that second game. So they're down 0-2 on the road and they come back for game three. At home, And if it's game three at home, they lose. The series is over. If they win, hey, they're on serve. So, and you see, like, there'll be a team that's a six-point favorite in that game three, even though they've been the lesser team the first two games. And the line would have said so, right? Let's say, you know, back before the adjustment of home court, let's say a three-point home favorite is typical home court, They might have been, the the, uh, home team, a five-point favor. So it would have implied they're two points better. And then they win game one, the home team. Win game two, the home team. Then it goes to game three, and now the line is the home team there by six. It's like, wait a minute, how could that be? It's the zigzag. And if you lose one, you expect to zag back. But if you lose two, oh, you're going to zag back is the assumption. So how much... How many points does the zigzag usually affect the line by? About one. So let's say a game is six and the team the road team loses, eh, might be five the next game. That's typical. So Jonas, when we look at the way the line has zagged in the Lakers game two, they are, as you said, a one and a half point favorite. They were a three-point underdog, the you know Friday before Game One. That's a four and a half point adjustment. In your opinion, as a, a very engaged fan, what has changed between Game One and Game Two?
1: Nothing. They they've gone down one one to zip. I
3: right, So in theory, there's more motivation, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, that yeah, I mean, but, you know, I don't know how to how to read that, because I also think Phoenix is going to
3: be motivated as well, too. Uh, more, more than a team typically up one now.
1: No, I think that Phoenix, though, it probably comes away from that game feeling pretty confident because they were in control virtually throughout the entire game.
3: You bring up a great point. How often in the NBA does a team have to have a win to know or to feel secure they're supposed to be there? Not all that often, but maybe this was one of those cases. Because I believe strongly if Phoenix would have lost game one, it would have been a disaster. Yeah. Uh, And that presupposes the win is is, is telling them, hey, you're at this level. You know, you can do it. And to me, teams that are there for the first time for a while – They tend not to get. You know how it is. It doesn't matter. The first time. Can you remember the first time you were on national radio? Oh yeah. Uh, So the fact that's interesting. What what was it?
1: It was. um, I I just. I mean, remember doing it was. uh, I got sort of thrown into the fire. It was the weekend overnight. It was a four-hour show solo, and it was during NBA playoff. Uh, It was during NBA playoff time. And I just uh, I got some advice from Mike North, a good uh, a good buddy and a, and a mentor. And he just said, stay focused and F and fire away, baby. And I just remember that. and I just let her rip. And it, it, once you get the first the first segment sort of under your belt, you start to feel a little bit more confident and a little bit better about things. So,
3: OK, so is this the famous shift when you said that uh, LeBron was better than Michael Jordan? Do I remember no. that?
1: <laughs> no, 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 I, th- those words have never come from my mouth ever.
3: No. I mean, you figure I want to I, I want to get some attention right off the go. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, but now, I mean, let's be candid. You're eating your cereal in between like sentences sometimes. You're I mean, the one time you were flushing your teeth, it really threw me. So, I mean, it, it gets to be like old hat. And, and again, to me, that's a good thing. If nerves are typically I think in broadcasting are a bad thing. And I think nerves typically are a bad thing in sports. Especially when you have to shoot a ball like, you know, twenty five feet into a little hoop. You know, you don't want to be a little a little strong or a little weak. It strikes me that the Suns gain confidence here. Yeah. I also think the first time they're in the playoffs in quite a while and with Chris Paul there, you know, Chris Paul is faded late in playoffs for whatever reason we can You know, indict him for that or not with the injuries, but I think in general, a team that hasn't been there, that isn't eating cereal in between possessions, they probably have an intensity that that game two isn't going to be a drop off, because they know if they split, hey, it wasn't a win to, to give up home court. So, I think that Phoenix gets downgraded a little less than a typical team. Yeah. And, I, oh, good.
1: Well, and I was just going to say, Monty Williams, the coach of the Suns, um, they kept asking him before the series, and, and even during the game, I, I recall, and they were asking him, you know, what do you tell your team? They've never been in this spot before. He's all, I don't have to tell them anything. You guys have been telling them that for, for weeks. He's like, I, I don't have to say anything. He goes, and then they would get to the huddle late in the game when the Lakers were trying to make a little bit of a push, and there was the skirmish, and there was the ejection and all that, and he just said, hey, he's all, we got to go through this, like, this this is, and and you could see that they were sort of learning on the fly, and and again being thrown into the fire and having to learn on the fly. But they did so, and they picked up a win, which I think I think helps them and benefits them a lot.
3: I I tend to agree. Um, I'm looking at, I was looking at, so the series price, as we said, is right around a coin flip right now, and the line is adjusted between these games by four and a half points. Chris Paul's injury is part of it. Um, Mackenzie, what's your sense? Like, the reports you're seeing, not the official injury report, but from the beat writers and the, you know, kind of insiders, what's your sense of the amount that Paul's going to be limited?
2: I think he'll be hindered significantly. That's what the beat reporters are saying. And I think it's actually telling that he was taken off the injury report. Remember, Donovan Mitchell was taken off the injury report right up until game time when he was a late scratch on Sunday. Okay, so that was another team, right? Yeah, what I'm saying is they're trying to say, you know, they're trying to say that he's not injured at all. The team is by taking him off the injury report. Mm-hmm. That tells to me that there's something there. Well,
3: there's no. I mean, is is there a question that he's injured? I mean, what I'm saying is I get the show by Phoenix. But you're trying to say, like, it's worth. It's almost like what you're saying is if they would have kept him on the injury report, I would have thought, oh, it's mild. The fact they've taken him off the injury report means it might be severe. It exactly. doesn't make that's what any I sense. Does it?
2: I, I'm, I,
3: if that's I mean, sta- you're the
2: one that taught me, RJ. You've got to listen to the subtext of what everybody's saying. It doesn't and make any sense. Why not just leave him questionable well, leave because, the Lakers guessing? Because
3: obviously if he was banged up a little bit, Or if he was banged up more than that, they want to have a show of strength. No doubt about it. But I don't think that show of strength – I think that show of strength happens either way. If he was just a little bit banged up, you know, just uh, 98%, or if he's 80%, you know, which would be a severe downgrade, I think the Suns make that gesture anyway. So I agree it's a show of strength when they're weak with Paul specifically. I don't think it's a sign that he's more hurt. Uh, I'm sorry, Jones, what were you going to say?
1: Well, no, I was going to say, I mean, the, the fact that, you know, the NBA allows teams to do that, if that was the NFL, they'd get crushed for it. Like, well, I don't it, know.
3: Do, would they? Uh, let me mention a guy named Todd Gurley. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I mean, very good point. I, I'm saying the NFL, though, may, like when there is an issue, and, and and we talked about this at the time, Ryan Tannehill, when he was in Miami, all of a sudden popped up and was, was a late scratch for a game during the regular season, and there was an investigation Based on the fact that they designated him as full participant just a couple of days before, and then there was no update on any injury, and it feels like in the NBA, if you can just take a player off the injury report, and I, I just, I that seems a little suspect to me. It seems a yeah, little weird. But
3: I hear you, but in a way. The reason they did that investigation was to have a national media guy like you mention it now. When in (laughs) truth, when truth, it feels very arbitrary because, again, Hurley or or Gurley has never been the same as he was after that injury to this day. And the week of the Super Bowl, he was not after like running for like 25 yards a game, the prior like four games after 100 being the average for a long for years and he, he wasn't on there. And was there any investigation there? No, so, not that I know you're of. right in general, the NFL, cause it's a bigger sport gets more attention is when there's shenanigans with the injury report. It gets more attention. I agree. But <clears throat> my sense is since the donahue scandal with the referees, specifically the NBA has been very transparent. You know, I think it's 9am every morning. The officials are put up on NBA.com. Uh, Injury-wise, I think you're right. I mean, Mackenzie, you bet the NBA daily. In general, do you see a lot of shenanigans with the injury report?
2: Not not regularly, but you know, every every once a week, where there's Kawhi's upgraded to probable. Fifteen minutes later, he's out for the game. You see it; it's out there.
3: Yeah, but that doesn't always mean he's in. I mean, there is such a thing called load management. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Mackenzie's one of those like he's looking for conspiracy theory <laughs> everywhere, and I'll, it's I'll, like I'll admit to that. And, and it's like I get the whole idea that you know, if you believe everything. The, the billionaires say you're probably making a mistake, but if, if they tell you it's sunny out and you look out, it's sunny, it's probably sunny. All right, so let's let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up, talk on the Lakers, and we're going to talk about the Clippers because as much as if the Lakers go down 0-2, if the Clippers do, this is a defending champion, the Lakers. Hey, if they don't win it, it's not the end of the world. The Clippers would quite even stay if they get knocked out in the first round. We'll get into it.
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted
4: right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
4: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
0: I disagree with intervention, I disagree with protocol,
1: if you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall.
3: I'm R.J. Bell, we're straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you the fan, coming up here in just a couple of moments we will continue to take a closer look at game two between the Suns and the Lakers.
3: And I'm gonna have a re-evaluation on my Aaron Rodgers take. Yeah, yep. I'm not happy about it, but I got to do it. This, this is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you. Thank you so much for that support. And we're going to keep working hard to live up to that each and every weekday. On the weekends, ah, weekdays. Well, we do have the Bernie Friday, straight out of Vegas Saturday night on Fox Sports Radio, 11 o'clock Pacific till midnight. Jonas, I was flipping around Fox Sports Radio for some reason, like late on Saturday, and I saw now playing Jonas Knox. I mean, do they do they just put that there and like leave it there the whole weekend, or how's that work?
1: yeah, there's a there's a good chance. you know, it's like uh, it's like betting a bunch of the inside numbers in roulette. If you just put a chip there, you're you're likely to hit on one of them. So yeah well, it's a good first chance off, first
3: off, up. I do not endorse that. <laughs> hey let, let me ask you a question. Did you do uh, uh, the the morning show today?
1: Yeah, uh, OutKick with uh, In For Clay.
3: Yeah, Yeah, so literally, so this weekend you had your Saturday night shift, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Friday into Saturday.
3: Right, um, and and then Sunday you have a show.
1: Yeah, Sunday until 8 Pacific and then uh, back on uh, Monday at uh, 3.
3: And then back on Tuesday at 3. Yeah. And then 3 o'clock, 12 hours later here. Yeah. I think we're getting the bum end of the deal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, it's well,
1: that's my mistress. You know, I still come home every night. Well, you know,
3: know. listen, some, some, you know, as an Italian, you know, the Gouma, the Friday night, Saturday. I don't know about all that, but uh, (laughs) especially from the wife's side of it. Um, Are you now is that the whole week you're doing?
1: Yeah. So we'll be uh, and, uh, and I've been doing it with Brady Quinn. I did it with him earlier today. So,
3: oh, 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 there's the one Brady yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. And uh, how's it been going?
1: That's good. I mean, Have we've you been, been talking
3: a lot of politics?
1: No, we try and stay as far away from that as possible. Well, oh, uh, but not you got to figure
3: his audience likes that. You you, you don't think to like sharpen up your political tags?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I I know. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try and talk cars with a mechanic, and I'm not going to try and talk politics with people that know more than me. I'm just going to do what we do and hope they like it enough not to get fired. Yeah, so. I,
3: I mean. To me it was I thought it was weird on Monday when you wore the Make America Great Again hat. Though. <laughs> I mean it, I mean you didn't ha- you figure I'm not going to say it but I'm going to just you know I'm going to let them know where I am at
1: well, it matched my, uh, my red flip-flops and that's you know there was no other red hat in the closet to really do with that one. So, yeah.
3: you, know, you know what's funny is uh, real quick is so AJ. Hoffman, who's done uh, a little bit with us and he's gonna be doing uh, a good bit more and uh, out of Houston, he UFC guy, you know when you're out of Texas politically usually, even if you're middle of the road down there, you're going to be pretty conservative. And he, he hit me like with three, like it seemed like non conservative takes. And I'm like, man, you're like a radical liberal down in, in Texas. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I'm not. And he got really mad. I'm like, what's going on? A little later, he said, uh, you know, our ratings took like a 20% hit because we started talking politics and everyone got mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so, it's...
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true. It's funny because if you do it right, And obviously, Clay does it in a way that people like it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there in, you know, not on Sports Talk necessarily that do it. You're going to eliminate half your audience in a way, but you're going to have that half. A lot of them are going to be more rabid fans. And I think that's there's two ways to do it. I think do it all the way or don't do it. Yeah, because if you do it in the middle, you're going to get a lot of the pain, but you're not going to get a lot of the reward. So it is interesting, though, with sports, you know, because if you would have told me five years ago there was going to be like a sports talk guy who the politics was the focus, I just wouldn't have envisioned that. So you got to yeah. it's an interest. It's certainly different. And to me, with so many options out there, you know, like look at what Fox Sports Radio's done is they've said we're going to give it the first and only national show on radio on a major network to sports gambling. Uh, they made that innovation. They took a chance with Clay in, in the political side. And to me, when you got a hundred podcasts to choose from, you got other networks, you got TV. You might as well be different. So that's what we're gonna keep doing: is keep yeah. trying to be different with the picks and the, you know the the Vegas focus. But I do I, I find it to be admirable. And we'll move on. That you grind like this. Yeah, you know, so I mean, kudos right. and uh, just make sure we don't get the short end of the stick. No,
1: listen, I, no, I, I, I agree. It, it's never <laughs> I, I legitimately don't know the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. So I know that going in. I don't so think I that's
3: just, making yeah. people want to listen to you. I, listen,
1: like, I'm just he's but, so you know, he's so intellectually limited. <laughs> it's not my game.
3: Uh, all right, by the way, 95 here in Vegas.
1: <laughs> so, RJ, we have been breaking down game two between the Lakers and the Suns. Phoenix has a one game game to none lead in the series but it's the lakers who find themselves a one and a half point favorite on pregame.com
3: okay so zigzag says lakers may be a point of movement now we say Suns maybe aren't gonna drop off with their effort like a team does typically when they're up 1-0 maybe okay we know that chris paul By the way, McKenzie, during the break, was saying, you know, now I'm thinking I don't think he's going to be hindered at all. So he's gone the whole spectrum. (laughs) And you know what I think that tells us? We don't know. And there's nothing worse than acting like you know something when you don't, meaning as a handicapper, because then you start making assumptions that are just plain guesses. So let's accept the fact we don't know. McKenzie, what do you got Chris Paul being worth um, between playing and not playing? Four points.
2: Four points? No way. That's gigantic. How could it be that much? Tenth highest rated player to the line in, in my rankings. No, no. Boy, there's a phasic. You're just repeating what you just <laughs> said
3: as if saying it that way is going to make it true. So – Yep. If you I, look at his stats, it's I, I, not, Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Is, it, is, is he on his third team in three years? Yes. Okay, so when has the 10th best player in the NBA ever changed teams three times in three years? Nothing comes to mind. Maybe never. (laughs) So, like, what did you have him rank like two years ago when he was
2: two years younger? Like two and a half points. So he's gotten better as he slowed down and, and gained weight. Yes, career low in turnovers. Physicality was never his strong suit. He's just gotten older and wiser like a fine wine. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> so so he didn't have any of that wisdom when he was only like 15 years in the league. It took f- year 16 and 17 or whatever it
2: is. He oh, seems that- to impact these yeah. games more than he did a couple years ago in Houston or with the Clippers. Do
3: me a favor. I, I know his on-off court's a big number this year, but I mean, you d- know, a- do a three-year average. Do it as we're talking. I'll give you a break here on the mic. Just go do an on-off. <laughs> the last three years, it shouldn't take you but f- three minutes, and give me an average of those three years. I want to see what the the numbers say. You understand?
2: You yes, I'm on it.
3: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. McKenzie's going to be... We're making him do his own calculations. Hopefully he's wrong. I'm not sure he is, at least by these numbers. <laughs> Jonas, now think about this. And Michael Jordan in his prime was worth six points. LeBron in his prime six points so we're saying chris paul is worth two-thirds of the best player in the history four points not six (sighs) that seems high
1: is that is that based on and 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 i think this is kind of interesting because is that based on the fit on that team like would he be worth four points on every team is this just a broad
3: no no it's a great question it's a great question the only reason to do a ranking like this is to say, okay, he's out. So let's subtract four points or whatever the number is. So in general, you know what the analogy would be? The analogy would be like win totals in the NFL. If you stack rank them, that's going to generally be the power rankings, but there's factors other than how good the team is in a win total, like strength of schedule. Right? So, and that's the main factor. So, in general, I agree with you. If you stack ranked how much every player was worth, it would be a proxy for these are the, the best players in the league in, in this order. But a guy could be – I mean, like look at Harden. What was Harden worth with Houston? Now, in that case, it was motivation. But, but you know, you could make the case that you might have expected Harden to not be worth as much with the Nets – but he ended up, I think, being worth more, which was surprising. But you could see, I mean, I guess the one example would be Steve, you know, the, I always bring up is Steve Young and Joe Montana. Is when Steve Young was with the 49ers, how valuable was he? Hardly valuable at all, right? Because yeah, he, he yeah. didn't play. So it, it, that's an interesting question um, in that case, because literally, if you're not on the field, how can you be worth anything?
1: Yeah, and I just wonder. I mean, obviously, he's going to be impacted. I think there's no doubt Chris Paul's going to play, but obviously, you know, he's going to be impacted somewhat. And I just wonder, I mean, does that make him worth now two and a half points? Does that make him worth two points? Like, how much does that limitation? Oh, well, that, that
3: brings that? up another question. So once you have the binary of on off and you have that number, then the question becomes okay, at what percentage strength is he now a replacement player? Yeah, because what you really when you do on offs like that, it's going to be, well, whoever else is on that team that would fill that role. And that's not a classic replacement player. That's more if you get someone off the street, you know, the best player available at the time that's not with another team. And that's usually those jumps are higher when you do it for a team like this. You're saying if he's off the court, how much does he hurt the team? And that's why you can actually do an on off. Now, 72 games isn't going to be enough. But if you say, "How do the Suns do with them on the court? How do they do with them off the court? Over the course of three years with three different teams, you're probably going to get a pretty good idea of what his strength is. Though one year probably isn't enough because you see some real aberrations with just one year. Like um, I think Murray, and I'm going by memory here, but Murray's uh, plus minus on the year is is is. You know, I'm going to look it up, but I remember it's very unimpressive is my recollection, but I don't think anyone thinks Murray's a replacement player. It's, it's, it's one year's data, and again, usually with sports, sample size, it's too small, and thus the pure math way is not the best way to do it. you got to do math and then other assumptions. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay, to wrap up the Lakers, I think there's a lot of questions here there's a general sense that the Lakers can't get beat in the first round. I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but I also think there is a magical elixir in the NBA playoffs where a guy like LeBron with all that experience that to, we're talking about advancing here. Who's going to win four games? And you got and let's be honest, Chris Paul has played poorly or he, his team's performance in playoffs have underperformed over his career. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and and look, the one the closest he got, and we can say, well, he got injured. That's not you know really his fault, but it, it does have to be talked about. The closest he got was that series against the Golden State Warriors. We talked about how great that Houston team was, and and they were really good. And then Chris Paul's body failed him at the end of I want to say it was Game Six, and then they got into Game Seven. Harden couldn't couldn't hit a shot, and I think that has to also be talked about. That the injuries have impacted his runs as well too
3: yeah but that brings up an interesting question is as we said a couple weeks ago the idea that maybe Chris Paul cares so much that that helps in the regular season but it becomes a negative in the postseason and maybe his physical health if you know if you're if you're trying too hard and you're not Uh, Westbrook, maybe you start pulling hamstrings, which has been two of the injuries in recent, you know, two times in recent years. Uh, I mean, it's not like Chris Paul has been super injury prone in the regular seasons. So is it small sample size randomness? Or is it there's something going on here? What I know is there's something going on for LeBron and the Lakers on the positive side when it comes to playoffs because they win, and LeBron wins for the most part. Not in the finals all the time, but for the most part. So, I don't, you know, right now at even money, I don't know. I I probably think the line's right. You give me plus 150 on either team, i probably take it. So, for this game, I think the line's probably right. The more I think it through, Chris Paul is, you know, if we assume he's at 50%, uh, or, or let's say 50% of his value, which wouldn't be at 50%. And if it's, let's say, a, a two-point adjustment. Mackenzie, did you get that data? Yes.
2: Yeah, so over the last three years, his average on-off is plus six. Plus six. So he's the greatest player of all time. Like you said, these noise, there can be <laughs> a lot of variations. Yeah, but now we're up to 200 games. So maybe it's not. Gosh, that's crazy. He's incredibly valuable. Where's that rank? Where's, uh,
3: is there any ranking anywhere? Where the? I guess not over three years, but we should do a quick study on that. Like, see who the top ten people were this year. Do a three-year. We'll, we'll announce it tomorrow. I, 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 I wonder if anyone's at that level. Huh. But now the question becomes, how much of that is Chris Paul as a quasi-coach? And can he be that? Even I mean, if he's hindered by his shoulder, he, he's still going to be able to coach on the court, right? So, could we make the case that Chris Paul is affected by a physical injury less than any other player in the NBA because his his contribution is more mental and more communicating to the rest of the team?
1: Yeah, I, makes I would a lot think- of sense to me. Yeah, I would think that's that's fair. I mean, look, if De- Devin Booker is the you know their most dynamic offensive player by far, so you know the, if Chris Paul was their leading scorer and their best offensive player, period, then I think it would probably have more of an impact than than what it has right now because he stayed in the game. It's not like he left the game; he stayed in the game. He was you know hampered a little bit by it, but he was still able to make some plays.
3: So, to what? To what degree do you feel like he? Because I don't know. In an injury like this, does it when it's warm does he play better, and then it swells yeah. up and it's hard two days later, or does it just get better two days later? I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know, and, and I don't know if this is something to where you can get a shot and then go out there and it numbs it for a significant amount of time. Um, and, and like I probably I, doesn't help the touch
3: on the jumper.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I don't. I don't know the approach that that they would take with this as far as to remedy the situation. I I did notice. That that while we were talking, the uh, the total in the game on Pregame.com went up to two ten and a half from two oh nine and a half at the start of the show. Wow, so. that's,
3: that's interesting because to me, that does feel like a positive Chris Paul because the Lakers are a defensive team, yeah, number one defense in the league. So you see the total taken up. It doesn't necessarily say Lakers. It says offense. And, you know, Chris Paul obviously is going to be hindered more in offense and defense, it would seem, because you need more, you know, fine motor skills. So, to, to finalize or uh, put a capper on this Lakers-Phoenix, obviously a big, probably the biggest NBA game of the year up to this point, and it goes tonight, is the line in game one on Friday was three, Phoenix. Line dropped to two before the game. So... Two was the line that they thought was appropriate. My speculation was LeBron's chance of being suspended or whatever was somewhat driving that three. It was inflated because of that. Now let's give it a point, a point and a half for the zigzag, which is because the Lakers lost and the Suns won. So now we're going down to minus a half. And then is Chris Paul worth two points with his hindered shoulder I'm not sure that he isn't, so that would get us to minus one and a half. So to me, if Chris Paul is 100%, the value's on the Suns. If he's not, it feels like the line has been adjusted appropriately. This is the exercises that you have to be able to do if you want to bet, on, you know, bet and originate. Uh, Jonah's closing thought, does that all, does that, do you agree generally?
1: Yeah, no, and, and I also agree, big picture with your point, this is the biggest game of the season so far in the NBA. Because I, I think this changes a lot of what people thought going into the series and a lot about what they now think based on what they've seen with two editions of the, of this of this series and this matchup.
3: Well, let's think of it like this. Shanahan said, you don't know if you're going to be alive on Sunday. (laughs) So, I wonder, maybe LeBron retired and this is all moot. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6
4: p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
3: Okay, let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to give you the odds on Julio Jones, where he will be playing next season, and We're going to give you a preview on the other two NBA games going tonight.
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right
4: here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. From BBC Radio 4.
3: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., we have got three games in the NBA playoffs for tonight. We've talked a lot about the Lakers and the Suns. And we've also got the Julio, June, Julio Jones rather, trade rumors that are heating up.
3: Yeah, let's start real quick with the Julio Jones numbers. And then we got a very interesting Aaron Rodgers number. And we'll get into the Aaron Rodgers comments tomorrow a little bit more. So, this is the next team odds for Julio Jones. Now, they don't have listed Atlanta, so if traded, the Patriots are the big favorite to land Julio Jones. In fact, they're even money. So pretty much, and the VIG is in there, so it's a little less than this, but it's almost 50% chance the Patriots land Julio Jones if he's traded. The Titans are the second favorite, plus 275. So even money, Second favorite jumps to 275, and the Titans weren't even in the mix too much before, and now they've surged. And then I'll rattle off a few more teams. The Ravens, the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Colts, and the Packers. And then the Cowboys. What a lineup. Okay, but the Patriots are about 50% if he is traded. Okay, this is fascinating. Green Bay Packers... First snap of the week, one. So who takes the first snap of the season, which is a proxy for who's going to be their starting quarterback, if not Aaron Rodgers? If it's Aaron Rodgers, it's not a bet. Drew Locke is the favorite. Oh, my gosh. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm heading for the hills. Derek Carr, second favorite. Jordan Love is third. So two quarterbacks, you want to have a feeling of how the pick is go went so far year 2 a nut first round quarterback wouldn't start but Drew Lockwood i mean that's almost oh and then uh yeah there's some goofy stuff after that Russell Wilson Tua. they're giving 7 to 1 on Russell Wilson let me let me kind of say something right here um yeah it's not 7 to 1 that Russell Wilson <laughs> is going to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers are the odds even seventy to one of that? Do, would you bet at a seventy to one? No, no, no. no <laughs> but chance. they're laying seven to one. Yeah. But but I do think it's fascinating that Drew Locke is the favorite any comments great if not let's jump to the nba
1: i i just think that it's pretty telling that the guy who's got a year's head start experience in that offense is the third favorite to two newcomers and we're already uh, approaching june
3: like, you know that- i gotta be honest yeah. with you if it's Derek carr i see it if it's drew lock i wish i could make a bet if drew lock gets traded who starts aaron or um, who starts Jordan love or drew lock I'd bet some pretty big money on uh, Jordan Love. I agree. Totally. All right, let's, if you don't mind, let's do the Clippers game first.
1: Yeah, and so the Clippers are hosting the Dallas Mavericks down one game to none in their series, but it's L.A. a seven-point favorite at home later on tonight.
3: Okay, so if you actually look at this and saw the game one line, this line has gone up, which is the zigzag again saying, hey, the Clippers are extra motivated. I like the Dallas Mavericks here. Now our pizza bat, we lost another one last night when Denver uh, really stepped up. But I'll make another pizza bat here. In fact, let me think. No, I'm going to keep it a pizza bat. It's not going to be a real gigantic bat. And my rationale here is simple. is if you look at the Luca situation and how he handled the clippers, I don't see anything really changing. It's not like, oh, they shot particularly well. It's not like the Clippers shot particularly poorly. So, in general, I think that what we saw in Game 1 is meaningful. Now we're getting an extra point. I'll take the Mavs plus 7 for a pizza bet. By the way, real quick, Murray, his on-off stats were actually pretty good this year for Denver. I wanted to correct that from earlier.
1: If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!
4: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment